Broadcasting Network. Okay, here's our second tune, Come Fly With Me. I want to say it's our Gary's, one of Gary's favorites. And, you know, it's uh, the team of musicians he used at this time, particularly the writer and composer, uh, uh, Jimmy, let's see, let me get it. Yeah, Sammy Kahn and uh, Van Usen, Jimmy Van Usen. These two folks were just wonderful combinations, and Sinatra did almost all the works that they did. He loved this group, and I hope you like this too. Come fly with me. Two, one, two, three, four. Welcome to Life Lessons with Jim Carolla and Ray Oldhofer.
Okay, welcome podcasters. We're going to do another. Um, I, um, on our theme, what is this thing called love? I want to go a little further in what we, what we called earlier um, the pain body. What we bring into a relationship. Uh, to look, um, to identify them, there's something that could help each other if we realize this is going on in each other. Um, uh, the name, there's different people involved with that name. Well, one is Eckhart Tolle um, was a person that spoke about this. He's German, huh? Yeah, that's right. One of Ray's, <laughs> one of Ray's paisans. <laughs> when we come into a relationship, the greater part, when we begin is, uh, the interactions and I'm thinking, are involuntary. I mean, they're automatic, they're repetitive. Um, not enough in the now of the relationship. It's not different from the way we digest, the digestion works or circulation works or thinking is automatic. In other words, it's just so automatic, it works just like body parts almost. So a couple needs a conscious place in the now that has the capacity to go beyond those mechanistic things. Mindsets, emotional reactions, unconscious hidden agendas. So we come in with this baggage. Now let's see if we can try to learn a little bit about it. Um, it's like, a, and I'm trying to think of this, this furniture. We come in with furniture. I think I, I was thinking about when, when I was first married, God, maybe it was in the early 50s. Um, I was uh, seeing my first, we weren't married yet, but we were, we, were, um, we just were knowing, getting to know each other in California, but then I went back to Philadelphia. And uh, I think I had spoken about this before, and then she followed later, about a month or so. I remember picking her up at the airport, and uh, she didn't even, um, we were poor. <laughs> I remember, like, she had, I think she had, uh, I didn't even know if she had a real suitcase. I don't mean anything detrimental to her, because I was just as poor as she was, um, carrying something in bags and so on. Um, but anyway, she then came to my mother's house where we're, where I was living was a three-story house, and uh, she took the room on the third floor. Well, uh, by the way, what what kind of neighbor was your neighborhood? Was it up and coming, or was it poverty? What was the neighborhood like? No, it wasn't. Not yet. The, the, uh, I'd say later that it began. It was a it was kind of an Italian ghetto neighborhood in South Philadelphia, and the borderline on one side by a black neighborhood, and. Um, the blacks were slowly beginning to uh, explore buying homes in this area. And eventually uh, they did, and the area got more integrated. And in fact, it's more of a black area today. I haven't been back for a, lo for a long time at all. And then we married, and that was like maybe well, in the August, summer. We married in November. Um, and we then lived up on my mother's third floor of this three-story house. And um, the only furniture we had was the furniture that was there. <clears throat> and so that, the idea is that when a couple's meet, they have the furniture of the past. They got the habits of the past. 
And eventually they got to make their own place, their own house, and buy new furniture. And I'm trying to think if we did or not. We, all, we didn't stay that long. Um, we had a kitchen and a, and a bedroom. I don't even think we had a bathroom <laughs> up there. We had to go to the nearest gas station. Or, no, I mean, there was a bathroom. <laughs> there was a bathroom in the house, but there wasn't one on that. Was this the house in the woods where you guys had the no, kids? No, this was in Philly. <laughs> No, and you had a birthing I, chair, too. Listen, I thought they were the same. I thought it was one and the same. Yeah, it sounded like it. Did, did the, um, yeah, I wonder what ever happened to that birthing chair. What the <laughs> hell ever happened to it? Must be in a museum. I bet it is in a museum. The, the Museum of Birthing in Philadelphia. Um, the Midwife Museum. Midwife Museum, right. I, I, was, I acted that time like a midwife. So the couple need to create their own and have their own furniture and buy their own things. Um, but we're born with kind of the pain body. So let's, let's, let me talk a little bit about the pain body. It's an interesting... The couples need to begin to understand the dynamics of it. Every emotional pain that we experience leaves a residue that lives on inside us. So now, particularly in the early times, before language came, so um, the residue of that material is inside us. It merges with the pain of the, of, uh, of the past or the present and the past. They merge. We carry it with us, which was already there. And now new things come, but we carry the old stuff too and becomes lodged in our minds, our body, our musculature, and in our tissues. In other words, Wilhelm Reich called that armorings, where this material contracts and gets into our body. We're afraid we might get stiff or if we're, we're avoiding, you know, the, that material begins to come into our body. Now, the accumulation pain of this pain is an energy field. It's like a ghost that accompanies our entire being. It occupies our entire being. And so now we carry a ghost. Let's look at a phantom. The phantom is with us, but we don't know it. This phantom has two modes of being, dormant and active. Some people live entirely through their pain body. That's all they do. The pain body is not dormant. It's very active. Every moment of life is the pain body. That, that was my mom. Oh. But yeah. easy. Easy. You know, farmer, German farming girl brought German farm, farming, <laughs> brought German farming girl to New York and lived her whole life as, you know, a farmer. Worker, yeah. worker, 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 clean, 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 you know, in the body all, all the time. You know, when she wasn't capable of moving near the end of her life, that's when she really disintegrated because mm. that's all she related to was that kind of thing. She had to keep moving. Right. She had to keep moving. She had to keep cleaning. She had to keep, you know, cooking. She had to, that was her thing. That was all she knew. So when that gave way, there, you know, the flood. Yeah. Yeah, I could say that about my mother too. 
<clears throat> By the way, I, I've taken a lot of that on too. I mean, I do uh, physical labor. I do, you yeah. know, construction. You know, I, I've taken a lot of what I saw in my mom. You know, that's my pain body also. Yeah, and kept the movement going too. In other words, we're, we're moving. We're getting away from something. Getting away, getting in. A whole kind of rhythm becomes... Yeah, you're on your horse all the time with it. That's it. I mean, until it's exploited a little bit and you can be still. Right. Now, I'm thinking, because Ray just mentioned his mother. Um, my mother and my my parents were immigrants. And, um, yeah, my mother got into this uh, also in the, the sweatshops of the factories she worked in and, and just worked many, many hours and or even walk to work because of um, didn't want to spend car fare of 10 and 20 cents to get on the trolley car. Um, So you'll walk nine miles to get there. (laughs) That's my mom, too. She did that, too? Well, yeah. I mean, remember I told you that story when my mom was um, destitute in New York, pregnant with me, and was going to pass out and had to sit in the snow on her bare skin to, like, revive herself. Oh, and that's right. that's you know, that's prior to me being born. That's me in the womb, and I took that story from in the womb, and you know, and it's not too dormant in my family, you know. I mean, it's it's pretty active, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And my mom was definitely the the force as far as you know who people who you know who you emulate because she was so present, you know. And then the other stuff like from my dad, you know, I definitely. That that too it took that on too with the um, storytelling and the the lies kind of thing. So you take on their you take on ancestral pain mm-hmm. bodies. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad Bray said that because the pain body um, runs through the ancestral um, lineage of the person, and it's also a collective, just like the addiction, it's deep into society as well. A collective unconscious, a collective pain body, a collective um, addiction. Ray was reminds we haven't talked about how you doing. With what? <laughs> I can't even remember. <laughs> nah, with what. Are you still smoking? No, I'm not smoking. Are you kidding? We, I would have had a cigarette in between shows. No, I'm not smoking. No. But I'm lisping because I have a, a lozenger in my mouth. Okay. Now, how many? Let's for the podcast audience and for us. Because we've been following this, how many days? I have. What's today's date? The eighth. See, that's a good sign, Eleven. right there, Jim. He doesn't know anymore. Well, that, I do. I, I do. I but, mean, but you don't have the number right on the tip of your tongue. Today is the eleventh. Oh, but you okay. don't have the number right on the tip of your tongue. Which okay, means so you've the been going fifth, long the five plus. So that was thirty. So thirty-six. Ele- okay, Gary got it right. <laughs> Folks, do you hear that figure? Yeah, 30 thirty-six days. Yeah. days. Wow, yeah, let's hear it. Big yeah, thank you. Are you clapping at home? <laughs> Good. Give Ray, we've been, you know, this is something, this is a, an experiment that began when we were talking about addiction, and Ray got into it and became a living example of something. And he fought the demons. Yeah, and by the way, both parents smoked. Mom smoked essentially till the day mm-hmm. she died. And then the irony, insisting that smoking had nothing to do with breast cancer. You know, nope, no correlation. My, you sure? 
You know, so, so has it so has it gotten any easier as the weeks have gone on, or? Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, it ha- it has. I mean, I, I think about it all the time, but I'm not attracted to it. Like I've quit bef- prior. I quit for two years before, and when people were smoking, I'd go hang out with them because I like the smell. And you know, hey, blow it on me, that kind of thing. You know, which is pretty pathetic. But now, when I smell it, it's um. I'm not attracted to it. I'm done. You know, I'm done at that for right now. And, you know, it's a day-to-day thing. Yeah. I mean, sometimes uh, the other day, like last week, I think it was, I was super stressed out at a job. I had a bunch of plumbers there. It's a, you know, ni- circa 1922 house. It's beautiful. Bunch of holes in it everywhere. And I was losing it. You know, you know, oak floor, water on the floor, me looking at the guy about to choke him. You know, I mean, just high stress. I was under mm-hmm. a lot of stress, and I really wanted a cigarette. But I just walked away and, you know, calmed myself down, and I was all right. That was the first time I was, like, at a crossroads where, like, F it, I'm going to smoke. Mm-hmm. You know, and one of the guys smoked, and, you know, I could have went and asked him, but I, I, I just, no, I can't. Okay, so Ray really had a major test on that job. And he went... I have one right now, too. <laughs> and he... Got through it, and that's uh, quite something. We all know how difficult that is, whatever our particular addictions are. Okay, so I said there, what was I saying? There were two modes of being. I said um, dormant and active. And some people live entirely in the active, and they're never uh, away from it. Um, When you say most are, I mean most are active. Or or go in and out of activity. Yeah, well, there's the other. That's the other part I want to talk about. So the dormant, the dormant means it's laying there and it needs a trigger. So and particularly anything to do with unhappiness and frustration. So the dormant, the ones that there's things in us that lie dormant. They're not active in us all the time, but like what Ray felt felt on that job. Um, uh, the annoyance that came up with him then, and he was able to uh, get it together. Um, um, but um, unha- anything unhappiness, irritation, moods, somber moods, obnoxiousness, desire to hurt another person, etc., anything that really comes up is where you can almost be sure that it has part of the phantom, if not all, of, um, of the pain body. So you can think of it in that way. So sometimes when nothing is happening, we think we're, we're free of it. But just let something happen, and we'll see we're not free of it at all. <laughs> wow. All right. <laughs> we all who hasn't, who hasn't been there? Right. Gary, is this, is this making any sense to you? Have anything in your own life that you have a feeling of about this or hmm, something that comes for me at a time? Well, it certainly makes sense to me. I'm having trouble thinking of one off the top of my head, but I'm sure given a little time, I could come up with more than a couple. Yeah. Something that springs up in annoyance or anger or um, irritation. Uh, well, 
you know, um, certainly within uh, like familiar relationships, there are a lot of things, not a lot, but there are certain things that people who are in your life constantly can do that will uh, absolutely annoy the hell out of you. Uh, mm-hmm. I know I've got a few like that with my sister, um, you know, and sometimes she doesn't know she's doing it. Sometimes she's pushing my buttons, but, uh, but yeah, and I just immediately go from zero to 10, super annoyed and angry, but, uh, I've learned to kind of, kind of tamp that down. Okay. Incidentally, there, there's a, families have pain bodies in them. In other words, dramas within the family, the way that they set off each other, um, the triggers that go back and forth all the time in the family. And, uh, uh, I had three, I have three brothers and that's, I mean, that's all there was in the house, you know, or not all, but a lot of it was that, you know, I mean, we were wild. Well, I was, they weren't as wild, but when we, there would be a family fight or something, it got a little dicey. I mean, it didn't get dicey like you see some families on the news, you know, like, you know, nobody died. But, you know, there was definitely punishment to be had. Mm. Yeah, really, within families. I remember in, uh, my family, <clears throat> there were just three boys and I was the youngest. Um, and when my brother came home from the war, Second World War, um, and incidentally, Adam, I don't know what he's done with him, but I gave Adam all the, all I had his, uh, he brought home a couple of sabers uh, from, uh, he was um, he was a specialist machine gun, 50 caliber machine gun, and he was in the Pacific, and um, the Japanese at night had to, let's see if you guys can think of this word, they would have a charge, it's a blind, screaming, hollering charge uh, that to overcome, you know, the, the, the lines. Not kamikaze and bonsai or, oh, God. Um, okay. I can't think of the name of it. What, he was like kamikaze. Kamikaze? I know that was the plane. That was the planes. Oh, sorry. I thought that's what you were saying. Yeah. No, and this, there was a name for these special... But he was a strafer. Was he like a uh, like the? There would be another guy holding the magazine jacket, yeah. feeding it through, and the bullets like six inches. You yeah. Know, with the with, yeah, and then but the bullet itself is like two inch. I mean, it's crazy caliber, fifty caliber. Yeah. And yeah. heavy. And heavy, right? Uh, so he killed a lot of people, right? So he. Oh my. God. He said they would um, pile up in front of the gun. In other words, uh, it was a matter. Even changing the clip or something, there were, but he was as many. He had those that died right, in, you know, uh, ten yards from his machine gun. But they began to pile up. He anyway. Why was I saying that? Blah, 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 blah. Oh yeah. So when he come back, I, oh, what was I saying about Adam? Yeah, he, his medals, his sabers. When one of these, the charge in front was the officer. And he would have the bonsai sword. Bonsai. Bonsai, that's the name of it. The bonsai sword. And he would run and they all would follow him because they would die rather than be captured. Um, and uh, he, at the end of it, he would take that uh, uh, battle. Are we ready for him? 
Okay, we'll go, so we'll have our commercial. Way to go, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Hey, everybody. If you shop at Amazon.com, like I don't, but you probably do, you know how convenient it is, and you know what great deals you get always. If you want to support the show, and I hope you do, every time you shop at Amazon, use the Amazon link on our site to get there. You support us with every purchase. You can even bookmark it. We really appreciate it. Unbeatable convenience, amazing prices, great shipping rates. I love Amazon.com just because they support us, and I hope you do too. So please do. Thanks, Amazon. Okay, so we got our commercial. I was, I'm sorry, I spent a little, a little time on about my brother and his medals and all that, and the, the Ace Man's. I don't know, but I don't know. He's got him. He's got him up at the house. He's got him at the house. He's got a couple of swords and medals. Yeah, the historical. I mean, when you look at that and then picture where it came from, it's yeah, it's it's overwhelming. Quite something. He was only eighteen years old. I think he became nineteen when he was in the in the Pacific. Um, Anyway, when he came back from the war, uh, he was not. He was really, and he went after me. He had me scrub floors, and in other words, he was getting out his stuff on me, uh, the next best thing he can do. And it was really a, kind of a terrible period because I was afraid of him. You know, he was. Uh, was he like your? Was, di- was he a disciplinarian kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, that's, that's the word, disciplinarian. And he would make sure the house is this. Uh, um, um, oh, so you were like folding, you were eating in squares and, and making beds and cleaning house? Yeah, that's what, yeah that's something like that. <coughs> Sounds like my mom. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, yeah, my poor brother. He just died not recently, I mean recently, last couple, in the last year or two. But as such a young man had to become this killer in that world. Anyway... So there's two modes of it, and we can feel... Now, when a couple um, can feel the trigger and it happening, they can begin to see if they can step back and identify it. Here's again to do with the watcher. So, and, and the thing itself wants to survive. It's a ghost that wants to live. It wants to have a, an energy in a, of its own. Well, you, you see it when couples um, bicker, you know, or they have like a certain argument that they have all the time. You know, I mean, we're all guilty of that at some level. And, um, and the irony is when you take a really close look at it, it's you're probably both carrying it around in your pocket. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not really your argument. I mean, when you really get down to it, mm-hmm. you know, you're bringing that argument in. Yeah, uh, yeah, and you begin to see it as a as a couple, as or as a friend. You begin to see that something is taking in, something's coming from somewhere else. And remember, so it wants to survive, and it needs to get food through the relationship. I am a a, um, a pain body dynamic can be fed through the relationship. In fact, some people that's why they're together. Mm. Two main bodies got attracted to each other, and now they're, and they'll just feed off of one another. Um, or 
the relationship could begin to spot them, and that and that will become we're calling the work of love. Um, they could begin to get some distance from them, and when you name them, and you now you take some of the fire out of them, when just by naming them and saying that they're there. The moment the individual or the couple actually observe it, see the the pain body, the ghost doesn't exist unless um, um, unless it ha- unless it has some unless it has some some observation. When you see the ghost, um, you both see it. Sometimes the observation itself begins to um, deaden it, quiet it. But when you're in it, it's not called the ghost. I mean, when you're in it, it's it's true to fact, and it's what it is. Absolutely right. You know, you're you're beating the other person on the head with it, or yourself with it, and you don't even recognize that it's you know, it's right. generational or a ghost or whatever you want to call it. You know, it's just it's it's you. It's you. Yeah, that's a good point Ray's making. In the middle of that battle, when there's no observation of it yet, the the both pain bodies now. One, one triggered one for the other, and now they're in the middle of it, and that's when the war and the struggle goes on. And that's the part when I said earlier, the last, of the in the last one, um, where people don't feel safe enough. Then, um, so we have to get through our our pain bodies in a way that uh, we don't make the environment unsafe. Uh, yeah, but anything the pain body is going to observe or take in, you're gonna you're gonna you're going to lash out with it. I mean, now you got something on somebody. I mean, I know I would think like that, yeah. you know, and I know I'd holster things like, all right, I know when this happens or whatever, cause it's going to happen, especially in families or whatever. Yeah. You know, you're going to say, okay, fuck nut. Guess what you did, you know, and you're going to bring it up and then it's going to escalate into God knows what else or, or, you know, and there's a lot, there's a lot of that. Absolutely, particularly in family situations. And it has, it's under the guise of, you know, clever language or under these, you know, it's got a lot of imposters to it and why it's there and, you know, whatever you're doing. But it's all, um, it's all pretty, pretty dark stuff. Yeah. And Ray making the point that we, we, we can gather it and use it as material. And that's what a couple really have to see there. It's destructive energy. And if you want to use it for your own power, then it's going in the wrong place in the relationship. Um, when you really, when they, when they can bring it, their attention to it and begin to feel more ally in it, that's a force that's just running both of them and they're going to ally kind of a, against it and not use it for material to hurt each other. That's what the ego would do. That's the egoic part of that. So you could witness it together. And witnessing it together, each one, their own one, um, um, can begin to uh, decrease it. So we could make it bigger. Remember, it wants food. It wants to survive. It wants to live independently, autonomously. Um, We can take its food away from it and together uh, help uh, starve it. And, it, and it's cyclical, you know. You, it'll be gone for a couple of weeks, and then something will trigger it, and it's up and going. Yeah. You know, I mean, you 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 see it in other couples. You see it in your own self. You know, I mean, you everybody's witnessed 
that kind of thing. Everybody's yeah. seen it and, you know, oh, look, they're doing it again. You know, when you watch somebody go at it or whatever, oh, look, that's, you know, I know them. Mm-hmm. You know, you see it, you can see it everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So we have this entity, this phantom, that a couple could either make bigger, make the destructive energy more, or they can begin to work with it. And sometimes they will need therapy, will need couples therapy for that, um, so they can help see it more. It's according to the ability, the psychological um, sophistication of each of them and the, and and their and their and their backgrounds. Hey, do you think do you think therapy is more acceptable now than well obviously it is in the day when you were growing up. I mean cuz I know that you know I'll I'll mention to somebody I go with what do you do that for? You know like really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what what do I do that for? Why don't you do that is is a better question, but do you think there's more oh. people like as far as couples seeking you know a a a deeper help? Do you think it's oh, more popular sure. these days? Oh yeah. At one time I was totally in the dark. I mean when I was when I was young in the thirties and early forties, um I remember that when my family found out that I was saw a therapist and I, that was through the influence of somebody else. I would never do it within the family or in the environment, but I had a friend of mine who uh, told me he knew someone that could, a musician, Ron Rubin, uh, played clarinet in the Philadelphia Orchestra, went to Juilliard. Um, he, he told me about it, but when my family found out, they said that they're going to report me to the government. <laughs> They would take McCarthy. Yeah, <laughs> they would. You're they would, on a blacklist. You won't be able to. Your license to drive a car will be taken away from you, <laughs> and of course, you'll be deposited in an insane asylum where you belong. Disgrace to the family, <laughs> you know. So that was therapy then, and therapy. Really, you you suffered that kind of backlash from them? Yeah, I mean, it was mostly talk, but that's that's what they did. Little did they know, then that. Their son someday would be a therapist. Uh, so that's then they were the dark ages, and particularly with immigrant families. Were they afraid of of you at some level, though? I mean, about being exposed or something like that, or well, were you brighter than them? <laughs> they wouldn't say it that way. <laughs> that dumb... But they called you, you our idiot son or something. I mean, fat boy. Oh, okay. Idiot fat boy son. Um, <laughs> Um, they wouldn't have to worry about that. No, they they don't wow. worry about me. They just think I, they just thought crazy people go to therapists and you're crazy. It's that simple. So the the pain body consists of so what what is it? It's the trapped life energy that has split off um, from the total energy of our being and has temporarily became autonomous. Let me be. That's that's worth repeating. What actually is it? It consists of trapped life energy that had to go inside us, had to be split off from our total being, and then has temporarily became autonomous and works on its own and doesn't even need us now. It'll just do its stuff without us. 
a ghost that will come and haunt us anytime it's triggered. And sometimes that ghost um, is the whole show. It never, we're totally, we're like demonized or something. That's what they used to call in the old biblical days. Demonized. You get that now. I mean, if you ask somebody now, you know, hey, well, whatever happened with that? Well, well, you know, I don't know. You know, it just went this way and that way, and then it went, you know, haywire or up, you know, whatever their description is of whatever. They're they're not aware of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it hasn't been brought to light oh, at no, all. No. You know, because the, they can't even tell you what happened. Right. Or like some instance, you know, uh, you know, I've been whatever I've been arrested before or whatever you know and then you're like hey what Ray what happened well you know you know <laughs> you know mm-hmm. everybody knows that right mm-hmm. well no no you broke a window you know uh, what are you thinking you know you're not you're not even aware of it mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah and before you know it you're you know you're not you're not down the right road <laughs> oh yeah well, uh, what, what we're talking about to now is not much known to the general public uh, they call By the way, all things. that stuff happened 25 years ago before I ever met you, Jim. Okay. I mean, even though I knew you back then. Yeah, that's right. So. God, that's weird. So sustained consciousness, attention, conscious attention, serves as the link between the phantom pain body and your thought processes and can bring about the process of transmutation. So between the pain body, um, a bridge comes um, that serves as a bridge between um, that phantom itself and your thoughts and your thought processes. So now your thought process can begin to think. It can begin to name it now. And as a couple, you can do that too. It's now the ghost has now been... Uh, brought into the daylight. <clears throat> it still has power, but it's in the daylight now. And, and it can't haunt the house as much anymore. Even though you will hear it around, you'll hear its little ghostly stuff going on. But particularly between a couple, we can say that's the little ghost creeping around, but it's not going to destroy our relationship. It, w- it was a lion and it's turned into a house cat. Ah, that's right. That's a, that's a good way to say it. And the, that's the transmutation has taken place. So, uh, this session was mostly to the pain body. I think I really described it. Um, and I think it's a way of my audience to begin to think of what we're carrying around and the help we might need with it. And sometimes our whole relationship we have somebody else is determined by this pain body. And we're actually feeding it, but um, and a lot of people don't think they like. A lot of people don't buy this. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people go like, "I don't have a pain body," or "What are you talking about, Jim?" But by the way, nobody unscathed. So you know, right. go ahead, lump yourself in like I don't get it or whatever you want to say to yourself. But guess what? You got it. Right. Sorry. Yeah. So I think we kind of brought that out, and maybe we can. If anybody would like to know more, if they want to understand the process even better, uh, just let us know. You better start giving out your phone number, buddy. <laughs> you better start following us on Twitter because one Ray Oldhofer and one Jim Carolla have been regularly tweeting via me. I just got a new tweet from Jim about 
about an hour ago, and I'm going to put that up when we're done here. And uh, I get some great voicemails from Ray that we might have to play on this show, leaving me tweets. They're, they're pretty awesome. And uh, so follow us on Twitter at LLWJC. And email us if you like. Sorry, if, if you guys want to need to send us a little bit longer, it's uh, Jim Carolla at AdamCarolla.com. Okay, so that ends our our uh, double session that we did today, and I think it was um, could be quite helpful to understand Number that. Number four, make the quarter note feel good. Talk over it again, Jim, like surmise. Two, a one, two, three. Okay, here we go, a second one. I can feel the second one. Jim, who's going to be scatting here? Is it going to be you or your pain body? <laughs> yeah. Or actually, both. Both. The ghost will be there. I can't get rid of the ghost totally. Um, yeah, so we had a kind of a covered a lot of points today about the importance of couples and what they can do. Well, I'm calling it like enlightened couples. Um, couples that have met them as like a holy encounter. And, and they then do the work of love, not just the, uh, just the passion of love, they begin to work with love because they're heading towards a higher consciousness. Um, and there, if we have somebody in our life like that, we ought to be really thankful. But even if those who are looking for a mate, I think you'll learn something on this show about what, who, who to be involved with. Is the person with you and can go to important places with you where you both feel safe. That's an important thing. Do I feel safe with this person and therefore can work out on deep, I can work on deeper things because this person helps me feel safe. Hey, hey, he got that tag. He got it at the end. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Yeah, kid's getting hipper and hipper. Can you hear how hip is getting with this scatting? Um, but he's, he's, he's I'm sweating, Jim, is what he's I'm sweating. doing. I'm sweating. I think we're both getting a, a little tired at the end of these uh, two sessions. Um, so, so next week's a vacation time for me. Ray had his vacation. He went to England. And, and Jim, have a great time. Yeah, they had a great time in England. You and, have a great time. Yo, I have a great time. Thank you. Bye, folks. One, two, one, two. Three, four. Reach the show on Twitter at LLWJC or email us at Jim Carolla at AdamCarolla.com.
to the Ace Broadcasting Network.